Tickets and more at grandonline.org. The time's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host Cynthia Swan is up next. Cynthia Swan and today we are going to talk about having the life you want. Yeah, life coaching. My guest today is Kate O'Neill. Kate became a life coach five years ago at the age of 55 after a varied career in nursing, hospice, nonprofit management, and small group facilitation. She trained as a life coach with New York Times bestselling author and Oprah Oprah Magazine resident life coach, Martha Beck. Kate lives in the woods of Dayton, Maine with her husband and two rescued dogs where she enjoys writing, coaching clients via phone or Skype, making art and being outdoors. She also works one day a week as a facilitator for the University of New England School of Medicine. I'm going to give you Kate's contact information throughout the program. Her website is Kate Coaches, K-A-T-E Coaches.com. And her email, KateCoaches at me.com. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Cindy. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you on. Thank Let, you. Let's dive right into this. Okay, so okay. Martha Beck, I think... Uh, a fair amount of our listeners might know about Martha Beck and who she is, but um, talk a little bit about Martha Beck and um, and also why, and I know this is a big question to start off with, but why you decided to train with her. Well, um, Martha is a wonderful combination of um, being incredibly funny, incredibly bright, and also uh, very spiritually based. And um, I found Martha at a time when I was between jobs. I was sort of, I was like in a void. And a friend of mine uh, loaned me one of her books, Steering by Starlight. And it really spoke to me, the way she talks about navigating our lives is very soul and heart based versus figuring it out with our heads. And um, so, th- so that, that really appealed to me. And um, to, to, to answer the bigger question, why I was personally drawn to her, that, that goes way back. Um, I was uh, diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 18 years old. And it, it forced me to sort of turn inside and do a lot of um, self-examination and, you know, ask the bigger questions, you know, what's it all about, Alfie? Mm. Um, And for a number of years um, after I was diagnosed, life felt very meaningless and chaotic, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I felt pretty lost. And then... It was in 1981 that a friend of mine gave me a book about Edgar Cayce, the healer, 
uh, and channeler. And sleeping prophet, in, right? Isn't that what yes. he was also nicknamed, the sleeping prophet? The sleeping prophet, exactly. Yeah. And what really um, captivated me about his work was that he gave thousands of readings, and they were all documented, and many of them involved past lives, reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And because they were so well documented, um, researchers have been able to go and actually, you know, go into the records and find that, yes, there was a John Smith who was a uh, Civil War soldier from Ohio who had a wife named Mary, you know, all these very, very particular details. And what that did for me was it sort of flipped my head around, like, oh, my goodness, there's, there's more to life than meets the eye. There's a greater mystery here and, um, and a greater sense of, of meaning. And that really started me on a 30-now-plus-year quest to, to delve into, you know, what is the purpose of being here, and and how can we live a, a happy life? And and it was all wrapped up with my own quest for healing, which I'm happy to report uh, I, I am completely healed now. Oh, that is great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Crohn's is a tough disease. It was a tough one. Yeah. Just in a nutshell, what I did, I, I found a diet um, that really worked for me, and that was eliminating all grains and sugar. So I just put that out there. Yeah. Um, but so, so, you know, this quest began, and I started reading voraciously about, about the, the metaphysical. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just consuming massive quantities of information. I feel like a conehead, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of downloading. You were on the high-speed Internet, I was right? high-speed download for years. And, and then when I, I got to this point, um, after I left my last job, which was a, a nursing job, and I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go to next, that's when this book from uh, Martha Beck fell into my lap. And, and what was it that you said it was called Steering by Starlight? Steering by Starlight. That's a great title. I love it. it. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? And, and it, was, you know, it was right at a point where I wasn't sure in which direction to go. And... Um, I actually fell in love with what she was doing, coaching other people. I, per, I had been to a life coach myself and had a very great experience, but it hadn't occurred to me that this is something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But after reading her book, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what I want to do. And it's the perfect uh, avenue through which to share all this wonderful information that I've been gathering and basically, I can make my favorite hobby, um, you know, my my business. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's great that you say that. I, just before I got into the studio, I was having a brief conversation with Chris Stark out here. And, and I was talking to him about, oh, my guest is a life coach. And he said, you know, one of the scenarios that I see all the time with, you know, many people in this in the area is a job loss, you know, or in between jobs. And they're, they're older people, you know, they're, yeah. we're, we're aging out of the workforce. And yeah. yet there's, there's no, you know, there's no job, you know, coming right up the pike. And they're kind of, you know, what, you know, they're in this place of limbo and, of course, this place of fear. And I picked up when you were talking earlier, you said, I was in between jobs. 
Yeah. Was that a choice kind of thing? And and what would you say? I mean, I know this is probably the approach to everyone going through something like that is different. But what what might what might the approach be um, as a life coach or even personally? What do you say to that? Well, I I was fortunate in that it was a choice for me, mm-hmm. and um, I did, you know, have. A, a husband who shared the finan- the finances, so I had I had a cushion there. Yeah, so, so that burden net. wasn't wasn't exactly. overwhelming. Yeah, so I, I was I was very lucky that way. Um, I, I want to Mar- I'm going to bring Martha up again. She, mm-hmm. Her latest book is called um, Finding Your Way in a Wild New World. Ah, great title again. And it's um, I think it's Finding Your Way. It's, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Finding finding your way in a wild new world, and and she speaks about this: the fact that so many of the institutions, ways of being that that we've grown up with and felt so stable and secure are just crumbling underneath our feet, and that it's you know like the the Chinese crisis. It's it's a it's a it's a danger and opportunity all wrapped up in one. Because um, the opportunity is there, even though we feel this loss of security and stability, but it also opens up this opportunity to really tune in to what brings us joy and fulfillment and to probably take a leap of faith to follow what feels like joy and passion, what pulls our curiosity. Um, and, you know, sometimes it takes having the rug pulled out underneath our feet to, to sort of be pushed into trying a new way of being. Oh, I look sir, around, yeah. I see the most amazing businesses being started by people who just have grown out of, of some hobby that they had. You read about them all the time. It's fascinating. But that is her wild new world. It's really trusting that if you do follow what intrigues you, what pulls you, um, that that you can trust that it's going to lead somewhere good, that you're going to be taken care of. Um it may take, you know, a couple of steps forward and a, and a, and a step back, but, but learning to trust that pull. There's a great Rumi quote, um, um, let yourself be drawn by the stronger pull of what you really love. Yes, I know that yeah. quote. Beautiful, yeah. Now, you know, it, it's, that, that's, it's, it's like um, it sounds to me that the way of, using just that where everything is kind of cerebral, where you're mm-hmm. kind of thinking things out and planning things out in your head. Is is that a way of being that um, doesn't always kind of, you know, grow corn, so to speak? Is it, uh, it what I'm hearing you say, and I just want to make sure I'm understanding it, is that it's kind of this heartfelt, um, some sort of magnetic pull that is not just about the thinking analytical brain exactly exactly and that is the way of the wild wild new world it it is very heart-based um 
we, you know, I think our, we're, we're in the midst of this sea change. We come, all of us come out of a culture that has been very, very mentally based, very logical, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we sit down and we write the columns, the pros and the cons. But, you know, I, I personally don't think, um, and this, again, is one of the reasons I was so drawn to Martha, um, that I don't think that that leads us necessarily and often doesn't lead us to a place of real joy in our lives. Um, it's, it's not where our soul lives, you know? It's, it, the mind is there to serve us, to be a tool, but, you know, culturally it's sort of been the master, and, and I think now it's time for it to become the servant again. Do you think that that's the change? I mean, I hear, you know, I hear some of the young people that I come in contact with, you know, young, young people entering the, just entering the workforce or trying to enter the workforce. And they have kind of a different, at least the ones I interact with, have a different kind of thinking about, um, about all of this. Many of, some of these kids have seen their parents lose their jobs working for companies for a long period of time. Um, some of these kids, they're, they're so adept with technology and, um, they're just like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Carl Jung who says, whatever time you're born in, you carry within your DNA Mm -hmm. that time period. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think that as the generation's come forth that there's a different way of looking and being and and this is just my take on it and this is what I'm seeing but they're they don't expect to be in a job for Mm -hmm. 30 years and or 40 years and to get the gold watch yeah and they're not looking for that it doesn't seem yes I agree with you that's that's been my observation as well um and and that it's 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 more the leaning towards towards deep fulfillment, not necessarily security in a material well, way. Right. I talk to these young young kids, and they say, "Security? I have no money. I have nothing mm-hmm. in the stock market. <laughs> I have you know, I have no investment in that. It's like that that's that's like the you know a, a whole different generation's world. I have nothing to lose, so I may as well go for what I'm you know what I'm interested in or passionate about. And that's and that's not true of all of them. But I but I hear this more frequently than um, you know when I was entering the workforce. And the question you know that you usually were talk you spoke of with a guidance counselor was you know where are you going to be able to have longevity, what company might you be loyal to, and um, how will this, you know, and, and, and how you'll be able to, um, you know, pay your bills for the rest of your life and put money away for retirement. Yes, yes. And it's yeah, like some of that right. paradigm think, is changing. Yes, and, and there's, yes. So, okay, so if we look at that, too, as a, as a life coach, working in this style with Martha Beck, how, how, what, what may some of the techniques or ways in which you um, interact with, with a client, what, what might that look like or feel like? Well, um, one of the things that, that Martha 
exemplifies for all of us who who um, trained with her and continue to train with her um, is is being really authentic. You know, the the client is the expert on themselves. Um, I don't hold myself as as the expert in the relationship. It's very much an equal relationship, give and take, uh, very interactive. Um, she has an expression, Tao, uh, transparent, authentic, and the O is just slips my mind. But <laughs> It'll come to you later. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to me later. <laughs> but um, so, so that's one thing. It's like we are real partners. And, and if I'm lost or if I blank on something, I'll just say it. That's the authenticity, the transparency. Um, there are, you know, different tools that I might use. I, I think the, sort of the old-fashioned way of thinking of life coaching is like, okay, let's, let's, let's pick a goal or three goals, and we're going to create some action steps, and we're going to do a, a timeline, and um, you, you can be accountable to me. And, and that was sort of the, the role of the coach. Yeah, it's kind of like a football coach, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that 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 that's what you know. Kind of had initially, to be honest, came into my mind. Yes, yes, and I I feel that I'm much more like a guide and facilitator um, of 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 helping people really tune into their own heart's desires. Um. An example of a tool I might use that might that, that some other coaches might not use is the imagination. Hmm. Um, I used this tool myself to find our new home. Um, it, it's it's all wrapped up in the law of attraction and and manifesting your desires. Mm-hmm. And I do use this tool with clients if they're if they're open to it. Um, so the tool, the tool is that you, 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 you identify the elements of what it is you want, not the specifics, but the elements. And you use your imagination to put yourself in a scene where all of those elements are there. I got this from a book by Mike Dooley called Infinite Possibilities, and he used it to find a job. He was out of work. He he identified the feelings that he wanted. He wanted to walk into a workplace where people were friendly, where it was collaborative, where the energy was upbeat, where, you know, people were having fun. Mm -hmm. And every morning he would spend five minutes just imagining himself walking into a place and feeling, you know, people saying, hi, Mike, and, you know, people were laughing and, and, you know, getting Mm -hmm. work done but having a good time. And, and lo and behold, he did end up in a job that had those elements, but it was a job that he never would have imagined for himself. I did the same thing when we were looking for a house. I spent about a year every morning just closing my eyes, walking through a space where I felt light. There was nature outside. It was just, it was all about marinating in the feelings of what I desired. And I have to say, sort of magically... <laughs> This amazing house did did come to us, um, but that's an example of a tool that other life coaches might not use, but I do. Yeah, it reminds me of a phrase, and I wish I could give credit to the person I first heard it from. I I heard it via Caroline Casey, but she got it from someone else, 
And he said, imagination lays the tracks for the reality train. Mm. And it's and that's what that. it's sounding like you're you're speaking of. For those of you just joining us, my guest today is Kate O'Neill. And we're kind of talking about life coaching, having the life you want. And her Kate's website is katecoaches.com. And her email is katecoaches at me.com. You're listening to Healthy Options. I'm Cynthia Swan on WERU 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and we're streaming at weru.org. So, Kate, um, let's let's jump to, um, you said, you've already alluded to this, that not all coaches are alike, mm -hmm. and that one of the skills that you're bringing to the table is this aspect of imagination. Mm -hmm. But in your experience, what skills must a life coach have? Uh, what skills do you have to have in order to really be effective? Well, first and foremost, um, a good life coach has to be a really good listener. Mm. So much of what I do is, you know, tune into what a person may be saying that they're not quite conscious of that might be holding them back. Like, well, I'd really love to, but, you know, um, I know I should, but, it, you know, the things that just sort of like the repetitive little thoughts that we have that we say that we don't even realize we're saying. So I think being a really good listener is number one. Mm -hmm. um, doing one's own work is imperative. What do you mean by that, doing one's own work? Um, doing what it takes to keep myself grounded and centered and balanced and happy. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. It's like, it's like a personal trainer. You wouldn't want to go to a personal trainer who isn't taking care of their bodies. Right. I take care of myself, my life, my brain, my heart. I mean, I try. I'm not perfect for sure. Oh, my goodness. But you're on the path. and so. But I'm on the path. Absolutely. So, so there is the authenticity piece then, too. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, I, I want to jump back to something you said about listening to people. You said listening for the butt. I, I, I do think that many times as individuals, we're the goldfish in the bowl. I've heard this expression before. So we don't always see ourselves or we see ourselves mirrored through other people that we have a conversation with. Yes. So is that part of picking that up? Is that you have to really pick up and mirror for people? Yes, mirror. That's, you've hit it on the head. I, I, I definitely act as a mirror. And it might not just be picking up on, say, thoughts that are, that are holding a person back. It's often people not giving themselves credit. Um. You know, I, I hear a story of some huge, huge accomplishment, some, some trial adversity that's been overcome, and the person says, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> ah, yeah. You're telling me that you, you have overcome this and you've done this. And it, no wonder you're tired. You know, mm -hmm. you know maybe, maybe you need to give yourself a break. You know, be gentle with yourself. Take some time to rest. Uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the time it's, it's really helping people give themselves permission to mm. take care of themselves. 
Yeah, so much of the focus for a lot of um, people is outward focused. Yeah, you know, taking care of. I I know that. Um, Again, Chris and I were talking, he was saying, you know, he has a lot of uh, friends who are taking care of an older, you know, of a parent, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and they may have kids in college and they're taking care of an older parent or, you know, they're doing some caregiving as well. And there's all these things going on and, um, and, and, you know, this feeling of overwhelmment that comes with all of that. Yeah, yeah. And and then and then wanting to heap more more things on. Well, but I should be able to do this, and I should be able to do that. You want to go? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that that's the should all over yourself, right? Yes, yeah. Yes, we're so hard on ourselves. So yeah. giving people permission to take care of themselves. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's huge. So what 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 do you in your practice? What have you seen to be one of the greatest inhibitors? What, what stands in people's way of really attaining that heart's desire where they're, they're really wanting something, but they just can't seem to embrace it. They can't seem to touch it, wrap their arms around it. What, what is the greatest inhibitor that you have found? I, I think, you know, maybe even 100% of the time it's, it's fear of some sort. Hmm. Um, you know, fear of the unknown uh, is huge. Fear of change. I mean, it's and it's all very, it's 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 unavoidable, really. Um, but finding a way to face the fear, which I think goes hand in hand with getting clear about what the desire really is, because I think if a person can get clear about what it is they really want. And feel the fear that comes up because it's going to be there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but but if 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 you can have clarity around the desire, feel the really strong pull of that desire, it's going to help pull you through the fear. The fear could be what someone else is going to think. You know, um, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to you know, or it could be even fear of success. Well, if I'm successful, my whole life is going to change. Mm. Fear of failure, fear of disappointing someone, fear of making a mistake. Fear, this is a big one, fear of not choosing exactly the right next step. Yeah, so you know, people like, stay paralyzed on the brink of, of something, yes. because, and they're in that place of limbo. It's, it's, it's hell to be there. I think we've all experienced that in Absolutely. our lives. Absolutely. Because like, we're so choose, petrified I... that we're going to choose wrong that we don't even make a, a decision. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And and this is where a coach is so helpful because change is scary. It's a given. Um, of course, it's wonderful if someone has a great, you know, supportive friends and family around them to who are really cheering them on. Even so, it's it's um, it's great to have a coach by your side too to help you. Get through the fear. Keep your eye on the prize. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I, one of my questions is how is a coach different from a really close friend or from a talk therapist for that matter? Is how, how, are, how is that different? And then how, how might there be some overlaps and similarities? Um, a coach is different from a close friend in that a coach is objective. You know, mm-hmm. um, a coach hasn't heard the stories. A coach isn't familiar with the background. So a lot of the assumptions that the friend may be walking around with 
are are not in the coach's head. It's it's you know a blank slate. That can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. A, a talk therapist. I I sort of make the um, the the similarity to a physician. A therapist and a physician are both trained to heal wounds, injuries, illness. Um, a coach is more like a personal trainer. You're, you're, you're working with someone who's essentially well, free of injury, and developing, um, you know, the muscles of whatever it might be, you know, getting clear, um, getting the courage to take some action that is indeed in the direction of your dreams, that sort of thing. Um, and how are they similar? They're similar in that with, when you see a therapist or you see a coach, it's really making an appointment with yourself. You know, that hour is all about you. The focus is entirely on you. And with that mirror that the therapist or the coach holds up, it's, it's an opportunity to, to see yourself and understand yourself in new ways that you can't do by yourself. Yeah. And... and um so how how do um, how does a coach then actually help one make those changes? Are, are there techniques that are uh, specific techniques that are that are utilized that is dependent on the client? Is there like a, a a coaching tool bag, if you will, and you kind of pull these things out, or is it sometimes just you know something kind of your intuition guides you and. All it's of a sudden, both. it's voila, you know. Yeah, it's definitely both. Um, it's it's the use of questions that hopefully are going to lead to some insight, and then there are also very very specific tools um, that I'll say, okay, let's let's try this. For instance, um, one of my favorite tools mm-hmm. is called the Body Compass. I believe that the body is an unerring guide to what is going to bring us happiness the physical body the physical body so you know what i'll do with a client is i'll have them we'll go through a relaxation i'll have them like sit we're we're usually on the phone Mm -hmm. they'll sit close their eyes we'll we'll go through the body and relax it and then i'll have the person imagine one of the worst experiences of their lives really really get in that scene and then ask them to notice what their body feels like. Where's the tension? Where's the, you know, contraction? What does that feel like? Okay, remember this, okay? Mm-hmm. And then we'll go through the same thing and have the person imagine, remember one of the happiest times of their lives. Okay, what does the body feel like now? Okay. So now you've got your scale. You've got your, your extreme negative, your extreme positive. Mm-hmm. Whenever... A person is faced with a situation, a choice. They can use that tool to just take a few minutes to get relaxed, go inside, try on that situation, that choice, and see how the body responds. And it's amazing how accurate the body is. You know, there are times when you you, you said yes to something when your body was sort of like, eh, and... And you look back and you're like, my body knew. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yes. It's like, do, does your body contract or does it expand? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Martha calls it shackles on or shackles off, you know? Ah, shackles on, shackles off. Oh, yeah. that's great. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, my guiding principle is follow what feels like freedom and fun, even though there might be fear that, that comes up. Okay, now I, I'm going to play devil's advocate Okay. because I imagine that there are people listening to this saying, oh, that's really easy to say, but really hard to do when you have this, all these responsibilities, all of these things on your to-do list and you're responsible for everything. You know, how can you be so self-serving uh, to to really sit here and look at what your guidance system or your body compass is saying when you have all these things that need to be done. What, what do you say to somebody who presents with that? Well, I mean, you, there, there, is, there is a point to be realistic. And um, it, it may, you know, I think anyone, no matter what their situation, can identify some really small, easy things that they can add to their daily lives that are going to bring them a sense of uh, a greater sense of peace and joy. So they don't have to do it in one grand leap. Exactly, exactly. So maybe it is totally unrealistic. You know, maybe at this point making some huge change is, is really not the wise thing to do. But there's always small measures that can be taken to feel better you know today right now so yeah. yes I'm, I'm not talking necessarily big grand sweeping change it, c it can be anywhere from the tiniest little tweaks to huge expansive change yeah. and then recognizing those little you know those little incremental you know i guess kind of saying hooray i made this little absolutely, incremental absolutely absolutely and then it just sort of builds you know it's it's always about just starting starting right here right now and 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 really that is how I work. It's much more of of a of a process rather than you know it's like the analogy of headlights through the dark mm -hmm. on a road. You may be going a thousand miles and your headlights are only showing you the next fifty feet, but that's all you need to see right now. Yeah, you can't but, see the end of the journey, so right. To speak. So how can we make these next fifty feet? feel better. Yeah, that's excellent. You're listening to WERU's Healthy Options. I'm Cynthia Swan, and I'm interviewing Kate O'Neill, whose business is Kate Coaches, website katecoaches.com, and email katecoaches at me.com. 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 Bangor, and we're streaming online at weru.org. We're going to take a very brief break come back to some questions, and then we're going to take some calls from people who have questions for Kate.
Hi, we're back. Cynthia Swan here, Healthy Options, and we're talking about having the life you want and life coaching with my guest, Kate O'Neill. Kate, we spoke about, you You said something about, you know, recognizing the little, you know, giving yourself praise for the, the incremental steps. And I, I want to ask you, what is your thought? You know, many times there was this view of uh, spare the rod or, you know, spoil the child. Mm-hmm. And this idea of the carrot and the stick and this idea of punishment, you know, that we have to punish ourselves into submission. Or we have to somehow suffer to mm-hmm. get what we really want or that or even some theories that are um, and, and even some religions that talk about this aspect of suffering. Um, so what when it comes to praise or punishment, What's, what's your theory on that with, with Martha Beck, this whole life coaching, this way of addressing and working with people? Is it the rod or, you know, the stick? Is it like through punishment? I think I kind of know the answer, but I want to hear you kind of flesh it out more. Well, I don't think it's through punishment. Um, I, and, I, and I think once people are sort of locked on to something they really care deeply about and, 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 and desire, that that's motivation right there. It's encouragement um, that's needed. And, and I just want to mention a book that I read uh, about a year or so ago by Anita Morjani called Dying to Be Me. Yes. She, um, she had a, an incredible um, near-death experience. Mm-hmm. and wrote this wonderful book. And, and the big message that she came back with was that we really, all of us, suffer from a lack of self-love and the importance of loving ourselves, that really there's nothing more important. And this is something that I, like everybody, struggle with. You know, it's those voices in the head that are always, you know, like, come on, and they're they're rarely really they're they're rarely loving voices, right? And know? where where does that come from? Is that from early training, early childhood, nature versus nurture? All these arguments. Where 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 is that? Well, I think it's largely cultural. Hmm. Um, you know, Western society is very much about you know, do, do, do. It's about what you do, not how you be. And, um, you know, there's kind of a, a harshness there. It's, um, it's not the most gentle background in our culture. Be better, do more. You know, I get so tired of that, of that whole line of, you know, be more, be, be bigger, be better. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the old, uh, you know, nose of the grindstone. You got to work super hard. You know, right, you got to, you right. got to really just keep, you know, keep at it. And, um, and, know, and I sort of prescribe more to the uh, lilies of the field. <laughs> I know. And here you're telling people play, feel joy, play. feel love. And I, I can see some people saying, how can I do that with all these things? But then again, you're talking about, you know, just these little tiny little victories, these things, incremental steps. Yeah, one of one of the one of the my favorite homework that I, I, I like to assign again, it's always, you know, if the person wants to do it, mm-hmm. but it's called sit spots. And it's where you go outside for 20 minutes. You can just carve out 20 minutes in the day to go outside and sit out in nature quietly, in silence, 
and just be out there with with nature. Um, it's uh, it's it, to tune in to the rhythm of nature, the that connection with that grand mystery of the flowers and the trees and the animals, and to feel a part of all of that. It's um, it's just I think very therapeutic, and it, it's like a, an antidote to the. Um, nose to the grindstone oh yeah mentality. to this hyper young culture of do 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 yeah yeah go yeah. go go i okay. i want to open the line up now to calls we're going to continue our conversation but if you have a comment or a question for kate please feel free to give us our call the toll-free number 866-625-9378 and i'll give that again 866 625 W-E-R-U, or the 9378. So do feel free to call if you have a question. So, Kate, I, we've been talking about this. So what are, um, let's go a little deeply, the foundations for a happy and prosperous life. Through this lens of Martha Beck, of life coaching that you utilize and practice in your life and teach others, what creates this happy, prosperous life? Well, one thing I haven't I haven't mentioned yet is really um, working with our thoughts, where we place our focus. Um, I, I think our, our focus I like to call it um, focus pocus. It's like magic. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> you know? Isn't that great? So there's this big world out there with all this stuff going on. We can look. We can focus on what makes us feel bad, um, or we can focus on makes what what lifts us up. It's completely under our control most of the time. So um, that is, um, that is, I think, key. Gaining control of your focus, consciously using your focus to help lift yourself up. Okay, so for example, <clears throat> if you, if, if I'm always saying, um, you know, I'd like to feel this way, but, um, you know, this is what I'm, this is my reality, or I keep going back to this, the things that I don't want. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're in this place to focus on the things you do want when you're feeling down or sad or depressed or angry about something. Right. So it's the little things. It might be focusing on your, your dog, you know, Focusing on a flower, focusing on the blue sky, um, putting on some uplifting music, really, really consciously, consistently creating little practices for yourself that buoy your spirit. Mm. And they can be very, they can be little tiny things, like literally putting on a song, going and sitting outside. You know, the simplest free things, calling a friend. Um, petting a dog. <laughs> petting a dog is huge, isn't it? Yeah, taking Animals. a walk. Yeah, taking a walk. Taking but, a walk. But yeah. certainly the, the natural world is being a healer. I think that that speaks to a lot of people. Just to, to, get, to get one out of that slump, to get one out of that place because it, yeah. it seems that once you hang on to that thought that is 
that's you know makes you contract or I, I forget what you said the body compass that, yeah, that pulls yeah, you in and makes shackles off. that yep. shackles you it's like once you're aware that you're doing that you've got to somehow you know you, well you've got a tool of you know how do I get the shackles off yeah what can I think about right now exactly. just for this moment even if it's just a moment that I can have relief from this overwhelming feeling of either grief or sadness or or um, lack in my life yep yep and that you can you can do that by um, redirecting your focus, as you call it, focus pocus. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Find those things, look for them, look for them. Another thing I think uh, is to think about what really engages you. Like, when are those moments that you lose yourself and you lose a sense of time? Mm. Um, because I think another element of living a a, a really a happy, prosperous life is being in the present moment as much as possible. And for me, like meditation, I like doing sit spot outside. Mm-hmm. Meditation in a chair is a little more challenging for me. But something else that really works for me is um, like I love to just fiddle around with art mm-hmm. or, or writing really engages me. You know, I lose track of time. So what are those things that, that make you lose track of time? Do you play an instrument? Do you, you know, maybe just playing with the dog or whatever. Uh, those things that really bring you right down into the present moment, that's just huge. And, and they're different for everybody. You know, everybody's got their own ways. Yeah, and there's so many um, of the spiritual teachers that are always talking about, you know, be here. Or uh, I'm thinking about Eckhart Tolle, the power of now. Right? Exactly. It's like be in the present moment instead of thinking of this drastic scenario that might be coming down the pike, hitting you in yeah. the face, you know? Because I, I think one of the things, I'm going to go back to this conversation I had with Chris when he was talking about, like, job losses. Some of the things that come into people's heads is, how am I going to pay the bills? Yeah. Oh, no, what's going to happen if I don't pay the bills? And then I'm not going to be able to pay the mortgage. And then I'm not going to be, And you spiral down, 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 and you dig yourself deeper into this well of absolute sadness or depression or this abyss and it's much harder if you can somehow stop yourself before you hit bottom. Yeah. You can start yep. bringing yourself back to, okay, wait a minute. Because some of the things also, I find that we think are, you know, we start thinking about all these horrible things. Many of them never happen. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, most of the time, I mean, really, almost, almost every single moment of our lives, in the present moment, we are okay. Mm-hmm. And and you know I'll be I'll be transparent here. I was I was nervous last night about the interview this morning, and I really had to get myself back in the moment. It's like no 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 the interview isn't happening right now. I get here, and as soon as I got back into the moment, I was fine. You yeah. know yeah you can release the anxiety. You can release the exactly, and a good way to get into the present moment really quickly is to use the five senses. You just tune into what am I seeing right now? What am I hearing? What am I feeling on my skin? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? The, our senses are wonderful for really bringing us right down into now. Yeah. So that's a handy little tip. This is Cynthia Swan for Healthy Options, and I'm interviewing Kate O'Neill, a life coach. And we're talking about having the life you want and life coaching. Um, her website is katecoaches.com and email katecoaches at me.com. 
You're listening to WERU Community Radio, 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming online, weru.org. If you have a comment or a question for Kate, please feel free to call in at 866-625-9378. And again, that call num- call in number is 866-625-9378. Kate, what um if you had a book list, you know, your mm. your favorite book list that you would want to share with listeners of um what can also help them to kind of navigate uh, within their life, what what would some of these options be? You you mentioned Martha Beck, you mm-hmm. mentioned um, Dying to Be Me, you mentioned uh, Mike Dooley, Mike um, Dooley, Infinite, Infinite Possibilities. possibilities. Yep. You mentioned Martha Beck's Finding Your Way in a Wild New World. That's right. Um, and Steering by Starlight, which was kind of uh, one of Martha Beck's books that kind of brought you um, more fully into your. Your, your other life, your career change into life That's coaching. Right. What else might be out there that you think people would uh, benefit that would help them to create that happy and prosperous life they're looking for? Well, one of my, one of my favorite sort of all-around teachers is um, Wayne Dyer. Mm. People may have seen him on public television uh, or read his books. What I love about him is he's such... He's such a learned man (laughs) in so many different wisdom schools. You know, he studied Tao, he studied Buddhism, he studied Christianity. He's, you know, he's, he, he takes all the, the great truths and connects the dots and, and is a, just so much fun to read, so easy to read. He's, he's written so many books. Um, but I always find him very uplifting. Yes, and he's he's you know, and and some people would say, well, he's he's really out there. He's one of those Hay House authors, and he had his own uh, critical um, turning point, e- even as he was in this realm of healing and spirituality. Um, when he, I can't remember what kind of cancer he had, and then he yes. had that experience with uh, a John of God experience, the um, medium from Abhijani, Brazil. That's right. And he talked about that very powerful experience and healing in his life. So I want to go into this spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Through the lens which you work, What? how, how does the spirit... I, I think it's one thing I thought was very interesting is the the way the past of demonizing the body is gone you're you're talking about the body being one of our greatest helpers oh yeah and the body being spiritual that's yeah. what i'm hearing from you and so um so what about this realm of of spirituality and how is spirituality a part of getting what you know or trusting i don't know if the word is getting trusting um to create this life you want, where does that come into it? Well, it's, it's big for me personally, and it is trust. Mm-hmm. And that's the process that began when I first read that, that Edgar Casey book. Um, I feel like ever since then, I've been developing this conscious relationship with the universe, which I don't even claim to even begin to understand. But just through life experiences, I feel like I'm in a partnership with a really benevolent force. 
mm-hmm. that's on my side. And, and I don't think that I could even be doing the work that I'm doing um, or, or have the life that I have if I didn't feel that I was sort of in this conscious relationship as a co-creator that I am a part of this great, wonderful, miraculous universe and that through my desires and intentions and beliefs, I can affect the experience that I have here in this world. Quantum physics is, is showing us amazing things. It's showing us how our expectations actually influence matter. Mm. The, the observer scientist can, can influence whether a particle becomes charged positively or negatively, just simply by, by expectation. And, you know, now this is being shown scientifically. So to me, it's miraculous. It's like the, uh, the great Albert Einstein quote, um, either you believe that you live your life as if everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. And I try to live my life as if everything is a miracle. And I think to be open to the possibility that everything really is a miracle um, is, is such a, a boon to walking the path, you know, of, of, intuition and trust and and heartfelt you know speaking well again this is a very different model from the um blame what i call the blame and shame model of living life Mm. where i still hear people say you know it's it you know i why did god do this to me Mm. why did Mm. god take this from me why did god um not you know not help me uh, this this is a very you know oh. this is a very different uh, way of looking at life, the way you're speaking of spirituality. It's not that God undermines us or wants us to suffer or uh, wants us to have hard times. What what might that be about if someone presents that to you? What what what's your response to that? You know, I I don't I don't really have one. I I. I don't understand why why terribly painful things happen. It's you know it is a mystery to me. I, I, but do you freak. think that there's like some omnipotent force that causes or orchestrates that? Well, you know, I believe, and this may sound very weird, but I believe that like the the biggest part of all of us is 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 in spirit is in the invisible realm. And there's this, this part, of it is, part of us that is focused here, you know, living this life. And, and that, you know, this life is almost like a dream, like a, 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 blink, a blink in time. What comforts me when I hear about terrible things happening, which we're hearing every day, you know? Yes. It's like, what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But... The one comforting thought that I find is that I know, I know for myself, my belief is that all of these souls really are okay, 
in the grander scheme of things, that death is not the end, that we're here for a brief time, we go through our experiences, we can influence our experiences to a certain extent. I don't believe when terrible things happen that someone has created that. You know, I think we're free will beings running around bumping into each other and one person's intention may not be the best. But that is the one comforting thing. It's like this is not a what we see is is a very small part of the bigger reality. And that reality is infinite and eternal. So I do find comfort in that. That we're connected to something that's bigger than us. Absolutely. And I think that is essential for living a deeply, a deeply happy life, is a sense that we are connected to something bigger. And, yeah. and for some people who don't believe in, in, in a sense of a God or, or, or in that regard, they may see it in terms of nature. Absolutely. I mean, I personally am a pantheist. You know, I think that the, I see the divine in everything. And, and I feel like I can work with people from very different, uh, you know, worldviews because it's the same things that, that do bring us joy. And, and in different ways. Well, we have to end it there. Kate, I have appreciated this conversation. This is Cynthia Swan for Healthy Options. My guest has been Kate O'Neill, and we've been talking about having the life you want and life coaching. Kate's website is katecoaches.com and her email, katecoaches at me.com. Kate, thanks so much for having this conversation. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much. And thanks to Amy for engineering the show. Support for WERU comes from Penobscot Bay